0: Alrighty, guys, what is going on? I hope you are doing amazing. I hope you're doing well. I hope your training is going well. I hope you're eating well. I hope you're seeing good results. I hope you are mentally well. Um, I just hope that you are having and living the best life you possibly can. Um, What is going on? Um, This podcast, I'm actually a bit excited for because as I grow in the uh, social media realm, and I don't ever want to use the word famous because I don't – that's just – it's just not me. That's not what. That's not what I'm thinking. But um, I, as my as my TikTok is growing in you know followers and audience, as you know Instagram is growing, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm just getting more and more questions and kind of like things. I think that. Not only I can answer for the people asking, but I know so many people oftentimes have the uh, the same exact question or some some variation of that question, and I think that's just answering them not only through a you know the only the only issue with like a, a TikTok or even like an Instagram caption is like. I think TikTok only allows you to do like 120 characters for a reply, and then Instagram—I forget what Instagram is—but it, it's a bit longer. But still, there's only so much depth I can go into in a in a uh, comment, or or to that point, even a even a post or even a video. Like I'll have, and this is like a kind of a side note, but as my uh, as my TikTok grows in particular, because uh, I think I woke up this morning with. Like three thousand new followers or something like overnight, and that was just like bizarre to me. Like obviously my page has been growing, but like three thousand followers in one night is uh, is something I don't think I've I've done before. But um, either way, as I get more people, I really start to see both sides of this uh, of this social media thing. And there's the side that is amazing, and like it's this is the side I do it for. It's the side that people will comment and be like. I have a so much. I have a, a such a better relationship with food now that I started following you. I'm losing weight. I realize that there's no bad foods. I realize that I can lose weight. I realize I can do this, and that's amazing. And then there's the other side where it's just like, for whatever reason, like I haven't figured it out yet. But people will just come at you for like, for no reason. Like if I say one thing wrong, or if I say like one thing not in depth enough. And this is kind of what I'm going back to. But like. I can't be as in I mean it's a, it's a TikTok is a minute video max, so like I can only say so much in a minute to like get in depth. But people will just come at you, man. And luckily, like the way you know the way I was raised and the way I kind of have makeshifted my my thoughts and how I view things, I don't care. Like for the most part, I just like have fun with people. Like for example, I, I made a video today on TikTok about if you pee in the ocean, and uh, and I was saying, like, you know, it, it, if you worry about, you know, how many meals you're eating a day, if you're worrying about good carbs and bad carbs, like, you're, you're basically saying that, like, you know, peeing in the ocean. Because it, when you pee in the ocean, like, it, it's an ocean. Like, it's not going to make that much of a difference, right? The ocean is so big, right? And, and that's what I was kind of referring to. But this one lady was just like, I don't understand why you would tell girls that their their urethra is smaller than a guy's and they can get infections. And I was like, listen, like, you – totally missed the entire part of this video like i i don't even know what to comment back to you like but that's what i'm saying like people will just find a reason to come after you and it's just like uh, again luckily i don't really care so like it doesn't bother me but it's just it's funny to see both sides of the uh of the spectrum as uh this this journey that i am on and and that honestly if you're listening that we are on uh continue to uh go through so yeah I, i thought that was interesting i'm gonna keep finding that to be interesting and like it's funny too, people will comment and I, I've seen this on like LeBron James's page or something where like he makes a post and people are like, first, first, I commented, first comment and like people are starting to do that on my page and I'm like, listen, like it ain't that big of a deal. But uh but yeah, so that's that's my uh that's my social media growing TikTok rant. But um either way, getting back to it, um I want to be more in depth when I cover questions. So uh and actually my my dearest friend Linda, I know you're gonna listen to this, Linda, my dearest friend Linda asked me to start doing more of these. So uh, I'm gonna try to do more of these as I come about. But um cool, let's let's dive right into it now. Um the first question I want to cover is, and this is asked a lot, and like I I looked it up on Google and there's I mean just so many millions of searches, but um does muscle weigh more than fat? And this is something I hear all the time when people are wanting to lose weight or they're looking to lose weight. And mainly it's because they're like, oh, the scale's not moving. Don't worry, muscle weighs more than fat. And I don't, that's like saying, uh, again, that's like saying a mile in the sand is different than a mile in the ocean. Like, yeah, the terrains are different and the, the composition of the mile is different. Obviously, you're in water or you're in sand. But it's still a mile. A a pound of feathers is still a pound of feathers. It's just a different composition, right? So does muscle weigh more than fat? No. Muscle does not weigh more than fat. Here is the thing. Muscle is more dense. So you could weigh one, 150 of, you know, let's just call it 20% body fat. That's that's a pretty lean body fat percentage, especially for a female. Um, you could weigh 150 with 20% body fat, or you could weigh 150 with 30% body fat. And those two individuals, the, the person who has a 20% body fat is going to look smaller, is going to look obviously more defined, is, is going to look like she does not weigh 150 Whereas if you have a 30, 35% body fat, that person is going to just look heavier because muscle is more dense than fat. So it, it takes up less room on your body. And that's why you can have somebody who weigh the same exact thing. But if you have more muscle mass, you will look smaller, obviously, as you, even as you get up in weight, right? And, and I, I had a client today, and I know she's going to listen to this had a client today who sent me her progress pictures for the past 55 days exact. And her weight was pretty much the exact same for 55 days straight. But her progress pictures and her measurements both showed insanely good progress, like out of this world progress. And again, the scale didn't move at all. Like The scale stayed the exact same. It fluctuated between the same couple of pounds. But here's the thing. This person is relatively new to a uh, a structured strength training program, like actually following a, a not just like doing workouts here and there, not just like, you know, doing some classes, like actually following a structured strength training program. So what this tells me is she's losing fat because her inch, her, her inches are going down, her her measurements are going down, her stomach is going down, her progress pictures are looking better. She's losing fat, but she's also building muscle. So that's the, that's the the other part of this is you can lose fat and build muscle at the same time especially if you are newer into the strength training world because you will be able to your your body needs less to build muscle as you get into the you know a, as you're a beginner because you know if you go from doing nothing to doing you know an upper body lower body like split which just means that obviously you train your upper body one day, lower body the next day. Um, when you make that change, that is enough right there to put the stress on your body that your body needs to to have to in order to adapt and build muscle, right? So if you're going from not doing anything to actually following a structured strength training program, you will be able to build muscle and lose fat as long as you're in a calorie deficit. So point being circling back around, like she weighed pretty much the exact same, but she looks – Completely different. This tells me she's losing fat. This tells me she's building muscle. So the scale, if, if you lose five pounds of fat and gain gain five pounds of muscle, the scale is not going to move. But again, getting back to does muscle weigh more than fat? No, but you can have the same body weight with more muscle and look smaller because muscle is more dense, so it takes up less room on your body, right? So that's kind of how you can decipher, but but again, this is getting into what are you tracking? If you're just tracking the scale, you, you, first of all, you're fucked, and you're not you're not doing it right because the scale is not by far not the best indicator of fat loss progress. It's it's simply just not because again, if if we were not taking these progress pictures and we were not taking these measurements, she would have never known that she was making progress, and she this person in particular would not have quit. But most people would have quit because they would have saw this. the scale did not move for 55 days straight. And I'm saying it went up and down, but essentially stayed stay the same exact weight for 55 days straight. Most people would have been like, okay, screw this. I'm done. Like something isn't working. But in reality, it was working perfectly because she's she looks the best she's ever looked in her life right now. And this is all while in the past six, seven, eight weeks, the scale has not moved an inch. So this is why taking... This is one of the biggest faults I see, especially with people who are, who are not working with a coach and, and who do, who do not have certain you know guidelines to follow. You, you need to start tracking your progress. Like you, you need to take progress pictures. You need to take waist measurements. You need to take glute measurements. You need to take leg measurements. You need to take measurements. You need to take progress pictures because those two things will be by far a better indicator of you seeing progress than whatever the fuck that scale says. Scale is one way. Don't get me wrong. But especially as you get into like the building muscle and, and looking a certain way, it's one thing to lose weight. It's another thing to look a certain way, to attain a certain physique, right? And that's where you, you just have to be tracking these markers. And and uh, another piggyback off that is I had a lady um, who her uh, her scale was not she, – she, she she has not had her scale in I think like two or three weeks. Like some stuff happens. She doesn't have her, does not have her scale. But we still took waist measurements, we still took all our measurements, and we still took our progress pictures. She looks completely different. Completely different. Her, her 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 legs look different, her stomach looks different, her waist looks different, her face looks different. All that stuff looks different, and I think she was down, like, three and a half inches on her waist, which is just absolutely insane. But, like, she looks completely different. I don't care what that scale says. That's, that scale could have said she went up in weight. And be, be, again, she doesn't have her scale, so she has not been weighing herself, but we still took progress pictures and measurements. I don't care what that scale said. If your waist measurements are going down and your progress pictures look different, that is by far a better indicator if what you are doing is working. She, I don't, she could not have the scale for the next two months. I could really care less, honestly, but like, it's one more piece of data. But point being, we are seeing exactly what we want to see because she is losing weight. She is she's losing fat i'm sorry because her her progress pictures and her waist measurements are going down and she's building muscle because i can see the definition in her arms i can see the definition in her legs i can tell her stomach looks different so going back to the main point muscle does not weigh more than fat it just takes up it's 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 more dense so that that is why you can look smaller but weigh the same okay so keep that in mind um what is the next one okay um, and this one I get a lot too. What are workouts to do with a bum knee? If you have some sort of knee problem, some sort of some some sort of knee thing going on, um, the first thing I want to say is 99 not 99 90 of the time it's not coming from your knee. It's coming from your hip. Okay, so it's it's coming from the the body works in a certain way. It's called a um, mobility and stability continuum. Okay, so if if you start from every it's it's every joint in your body. So if you're starting from your the the bottom of your body, your ankles, your ankles are a mobile joint. So that is supposed to have, you know, range of motion where you can go side to side, you can go back and forth, right? That's that's a mobile joint. Your knee is a stable joint. So that's supposed to, you know, that's that's supposed to be stable. Like yes, you have some movement, but that is supposed to be a stable joint. Your hips are mobile. Like you know, you can move your hips out to the side, you can move them up towards your face, you can move them, you know, back like a like a kickback. That's a mobile joint. You're you're able to move that in different areas. Here's the thing. If your hips are not mobile enough to do the work, the next thing along the kinetic chain is going to do the work. So if, if your hips are not either A, as mobile or B, as strong as you need them to be, then the next thing in line is going to be your knee. And now you're asking your knee, which is a stable joint, to do the work of your hip, which is a mobile joint. So that is where you run into issues because your knee is doing something it's not supposed it's it's not normally required to do. It's you're asking it to be a mobile joint when it is not a mobile joint. So that is when you run into issues. It's people always look to the source of pain. Like, oh my knee hurts, it must be my knee. It's 9.9 times out of 10, it's either your hip or your ankles. And normally it's normally it's your hip. But so that's the first thing is look at what's going on with your with your hip first and foremost. Like look at if, you're, if your glutes are weak, look at if you even feel your glutes working. Like for example, if you're doing a glute bridge and you don't feel your glutes working, that's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem and no wonder your knee hurts because again, your hips are not doing the work it needs to to then, that means... The next thing in line, your knee is going to have to pick up the slack because some way or another, your body is going to have to get it done. You're you're telling your body to do a squat or a lunge, even though that you don't have the proper mechanics, the proper mobility, the proper strength, whatever it is. So the next thing in line is going to have to pick up the slack, and that's normally your knee. So that's the first thing. Beyond that, looking looking past that, um, and and then sorry, one more quick note on that: things like glute bridges, things like strengthening your glutes, things like getting more hip mobility, those things are going to help. You know, obviously strengthen your hip, get it more mobile, so it can take that pressure off your knee a bit. And that could be a whole different podcast. But um, just quick note on that. But um going into like how you can kind of uh what workouts you can do, like I just said, focusing on um restoring not not only strength, but also stability and mobility in your hips. That's gonna be a big thing. But for actual exercises, things like things like hip thrust. Right, whether it's barbell hip thrust, whether it's a dumbbell hip thrust, whether it's a single leg hip thrust, things like a hip thrust, <clears throat> things like a, any variation of a bridge. So it's a single leg bridge, a butterfly bridge, a, a, a regular glute bridge, whatever it is, a bridge. Um, hamstring curls, whether it's with a ball or with a TRX or with the machine, um, that is going to be friendly for the knee. All Normally all types of deadlifts because that is a uh, – all of these mentioned thus far. Are posterior chain movements, and what that what that just means is your your the, the backside of your of your legs, the backside of your body. That is what is going to be doing the work. So on things like a hip thrust, on things like a glute bridge, or a hamstring curl, or a deadlift, you're you're not getting that forward knee motion. You're it's all coming from your posterior chain. It's all coming from your hamstrings and your glutes. So the more you can train those, the less knee pain you are going to have because. And this is kind of segwaying into the next point but like for example a hip thrust or a deadlift like normally your shins if if you look at your shin angle from you know where your knee is to the ground normally for like say a sumo deadlift or normally for say a hip thrust your shins are going to be vertical to the ground right like you, you're going to have a 90 degree angle with your knee and where your foot is so your shins are vertical straight up and down so doing things even when you go into the, into a squat. If you can do a squat with damn near vertical shins, that is going to just simply take less pressure off your knee. Like y- you are not going to require your knee to do as much work because if you do a squat where your shins are more vertical, you that is a a, a hip dominant, a glute dominant squat, right? So you are requiring more work to come from your hips. And your glutes and your hamstrings as opposed to your quads which is the front of your thigh which is the muscle that runs into your knee right so you're you're taking the pressure off of your of your knees right at that point the same thing with lunges if you're doing a lunge again keeping your shin vertical to the ground and maybe having a slight lean forward in your torso that is going to also take the pressure off your knee because you're keeping your shin vertical that, that's why if you want to get into a really really deep squat like th- that might not be the best thing for you, right? Because that is going to require, you know, your knees to travel over your toes a bit. It's just going to put more torque on your knees, which like, it's not a bad thing. If you have that, like I'm right now, I'm trying to get as low as I can in my squats. And like, I'm able to get kind of into that range of motion, which I have not been able to for a while. But, um, but yeah, so that's what I would kind of say, as far as, uh, what workouts to do with a bum knee, like if, if you have knee pain, A lot of posterior chain work, a lot of hamstring work, like the exercise I mentioned earlier. And then also, like, taking into consideration when you go and do these squats and and lunges and stuff, they're not bad. You may may just have to modify them a bit to keep your shin more vertical so you can put more emphasis on your glute and your hamstring as opposed to your quad and your knee. So that's what I would say for that question. Um, So... Uh, Okay, beyond that, the next one, how to lose weight with menopause or PCOS, and I actually made a video about this on TikTok, and it's going crazy, I don't know how many views it has, it might be like 100,000, I don't know, but um, either way, here's the thing, and before I say anything else, I have worked with multiple people with either menopause or PCOS, or for that matter, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, everything, so and and i understand i understand i'm not a female so it's like why is a male giving a female advice about menopause i understand you have to remember that's like saying a male doctor can't give medical advice or health advice to a female just because that he's a male like that does not those two things don't add up right like just because i'm a male doesn't mean i can't educate myself about the hormonal process and reproductive system of a female but moving beyond that if you if that's what you think about you know me like you probably won't be listening to this podcast anyway but just a very like you know brief disclaimer how do you lose weight with PCOS and menopause you have to be in a calorie deficit it's it's no different than me it's no different than anybody else without menopause like you have to be in a calorie deficit here's the thing there's two things is it harder yes it's way fucking harder to lose weight with menopause and PCOS than if you don't have menopause or PCOS. Like it is harder. I understand that. And that's for a multitude of reasons. That's for so many reasons. For for example, if you sleep like shit when you have menopause, like it's going to be harder to get your workouts in. It's going to be more willpower required of you to stick to your calorie deficit. Like those things make it harder. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. That that doesn't mean that that doesn't disc disclaim the fact that if you're in a calorie deficit you will lose weight so that's first and foremost like yes like if you have if you have menopause or pcos like excuse me things get harder but just because things are harder doesn't mean that you know it, it defies the laws of physics and science it it still comes down to if you're eating less calories than what your body burns you will lose weight okay so that is what I want to kind of say first and foremost. And obviously, I'm gonna go into a next point here. And people ask me this too with this question. It's like, oh, my metabolism. Here's the thing. And people have asked me this before. Does your metabolism slow down as you age? Plus, does your metabolism slow down with PCOS or menopause? Both of those things are true. Like you as you age, your metabolism does decrease. It's not It's nothing crazy like it's really just not like maybe 100 calories here and there like but it's it's just nothing really too. and it's different for every single person but 9.9 times out of 10 it's nothing like oh I hit 40 my metabolism shit like that's just not how it works and like I know people use that I don't want to say use it as a crutch but they kind of use it as a crutch like oh this is why I'm not losing weight my I'm 40 my metabolism slow. That's just not the case. And oftentimes it's more, oh, you turn 40. So now you have two young kids and now you have a less active job. And now you eat, you know, you're, you you eat food that your kids want to eat, not what maybe is the healthiest. And like, it's more lifestyle factor related than it is like, oh, you hit 40, your metabolism goes to shit. It's more along the lines of you don't move as much and you don't eat as well as you age for a million different reasons, whether it's, you know, you have stress from the kids, you have stress from jobs, stress with your spouse, whatever it is, but it's way more lifestyle factor related than as opposed to, oh, that's it, 40 and my metabolism slowed down. So that's first and foremost. But again, like going back to the menopause or PCOS, yeah, your metabolism might slow down a bit, but that just may mean you have to eat a bit less calories to lose weight. And again, it's different for every single person, but that again, doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean it's not attainable. Like instead of eating, for example, instead of eating 1600 calories to lose weight for a, a normal quote unquote non-menopausal person, you may have to eat 1300 calories. And again, going back to that makes it harder. That hundred percent makes it harder. Like eating 1300 calories is harder for some people than to eat 1600 calories. Obviously it's less food, it's less calories, but Going back to the point, that doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean you can't do it, right? So I want to make this clear. It's not. People think that it's out of their control. It's not out of your control. You can still control things. Is it going to be harder? Yes, but you still have the ability to make the decisions to be able to do that. And one more thing I'll say on top of it, just kind of round it off. More times than not, women's bodies are more resistant to change when going through menopause or PCOS whichever one it's just, it's just more stubborn right so you may again you may have to spend more time in a calorie deficit than somebody else who doesn't have it to see you know to see your results and that's okay like my thing is there's no end date it's not like you're like I'm, unless you're stepping on a bodybuilding stage that's one thing but like I'm pretty sure nobody listening to this maybe maybe one my boy Scott but like other than that nobody Nobody's stepping on a bodybuilding stage. There's no end date to this, so yeah, you might have to spend more time in a diet, but like that, just that that might be what it takes to see results. And again, like if that's what it takes and you're willing to do that, you are going to see results. But it is in your hands. It, it is not. It is not out of your control by any means. So I, I want to make that clear. Um, but so that is as far as losing weight with men- uh, menopause or PCOS. And the last one I'm going to do today is what to do when looking to improve a certain body part. And very first and foremost, if you know anything about me, you're going to know what I'm going to, I'm about to say, but you cannot spot reduce. Like you can't say, Oh, I want to lose my belly. I'm going to make sure I do more crunches or like, Oh, I want to make sure I lose my arm fat. I want to make sure I do more arms. Like that is not how this works. You need to be in a calorie deficit. If you want to lose weight, right? If if you want to lose fat on your body, you need to be in a calorie deficit and you, you, you can't you can't pick and choose where or when your body loses the fat in what areas. Like if you like like for example most women, the last part to go is normally their stomach and their glutes. Like that's normally the last part to go. Okay? So like you can't you can't pick and choose when you lose the weight. It's just it, it kind of just is what it is. Okay? So that's first and foremost. If 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 that's why you're looking for the answer to this question that is not going to work out now here's the thing if you want to build up or kind of improve a body part let's say for example glutes like if you want to say hey i want better glutes or hey i want let's just say more toned arms and again like you can't spot reduce your arm fat but like let's just say you want to improve your how your arm looks you can do that through proper strength training you can't you can't pick and choose where you lose fat but you can through proper and and i say proper strength training because here's the thing you'll understand when I get into this. If you want to improve a certain body part, nine times out of 10, you need to incorporate more volume to that body part. So let's say, for example, your glutes. If you want to improve your glutes, you have to put more volume in your workouts for your glutes. And volume is just sets and reps. And I don't incorporate like warm-up stuff. That, That doesn't count. It's just like how many hard sets and reps are you doing for your glutes? Whether it's... Whether it's through hip thrusters, whether it's through Bulgarian split squats, whether it's, whether it's through whatever. You have to put more volume, more sets and reps into that area. But here's the thing. You can't just load on the volume for that area and then not take into, into consideration every other body part. Because there's there's certain lines, and I think – I believe Mike Isretel – is the founder of this i'm pretty sure there, there's certain markers for volume is basically what it is there there's your there's your minimum recovery volume your maximum recovery volume and your maintenance recovery volume and all that means is either you are not not gaining muscle maintaining muscle or building muscle okay so once you get past the point of like you know your kind of higher threshold once you get to a point where you can't recover from the volume you're doing, so I, I said I said earlier – I just I, actually, I said just now, but you have to put more volume in your glutes if you want to grow your glutes. But here's the thing. If you just load the volume up on your glutes and not take it into consideration the other parts of your body, you're going to overtrain. Your body will not recover, and then that's going to be a backfire on you, right? So if you're just trying to load up glute volume but not taking – volume away from somewhere else or, or not making sure that it is enough to where you can still recover from it. Because here's the thing. Training is not the, that's not how you build muscle. Y- you build muscle from recovering from the training you're doing. You, you, you get, you change your body through recovery. And it's, it, I tell us all the time, like if you were tearing the siding down on your house, you have to rebuild the siding or there's going to be no siding. That's like how kind of this muscle building and and changing your body is. The more you tear things down, the more you have to rebuild it and and put it back up and let it recover. And if your body's not doing that, you are not going to see change because you just keep tearing down, tearing down, tearing down without letting it recover. So, yes, you have to put – you can put more volume into that area. So, like, for example, if you want to do a glute specialization program – like you can do for three months. You say, Hey, okay, I'm going to put, you know, six extra sets a week towards my glutes. Now maybe take away four sets, or maybe take away two sets from chest and two sets from biceps. That way you can kind of even things out like, okay, like I'm doing an extra two sets a week for my uh, essentially an extra two sets a week for my glutes. Cause I'm doing six extra sets for glutes, but I'm taking away two from biceps and two from chest. So really an extra two sets a week, right? Like that's, that's your, your, your volume marker for recovery. Because again, if you just add six, eight sets, eight sets, 10 sets to glutes without taking away things and without, again, making sure you can recover from the volume you're doing, you're not going to see change because your body can't recover from it. So that's kind of the, and I kind of went off on a tangent there. I hope that makes sense. If not, just let me know. But um, th- that's kind of the way you can start to build and and develop the physique you want because here's the thing maybe for three months you do a glute a glute specialization program the next three months you really want more defined arms so you make sure you do an arm specialization the next three months hey i want to really improve my chin up okay cool you do a three-month chin-up specialization program like and you can kind of again taper your volume towards whatever you're looking for at that time and, and again this is more for actually this could be for anybody like even if you are you know even if you have 100 pounds to lose if you want to improve a body part so like Just thinking about it in that kind of aspect and like making sure, yes, you're putting more volume and you're doing more work here, but also you can also recover from what you're doing. And that's kind of where, again, I say a proper strength training program comes into play because you can't just kind of throw things at the wall because that's, I mean, it's not the best for any result, but like especially this this kind of thing, you have to make sure you're recovering. So um, if you have a question on that, if if you have a question on possibly working together for a strength training program, feel free to hit me up. Um, I'll put my email here in the bio, but – or if you just have a question you want to answer on the podcast because – like I said, I'm going to try to do more of these. Um, I, I do enjoy it. And this is probably one of the longer podcasts I've done, by myself at least, because um, I do like going in depth on some things. But um, but yeah, if you have something you want covered, if you liked this episode, feel free to let me know in the comment section here of the podcast. And um, yeah, I look forward to doing one again soon. All right, cool. We'll talk soon. Thanks.